when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed, and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together, to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me. Almighty and most merciful Father, Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to his ministers, to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth, and absolveth all them that truly repent, and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore let us beseech him to grant us true repentance, and his Holy Spirit that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Here begins the 23rd chapter of the second book of Samuel. Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me, He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning, when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire, although he make it not to grow. Here ends the first lesson.
Here begins the 15th verse of the first chapter of the epistle to the Ephesians. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirits of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head of over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Here endeth the lesson.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Let us pray. O God, the King of glory, who hast exalted thine only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph unto thy kingdom in heaven, we beseech thee, leave us not comfortless, but send to us thine Holy Ghost to comfort us and exalt us unto the same place whither our Saviour Christ is gone before, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who by thy marvellous majesty didst after thy resurrection from the dead ascend into heaven in the presence of thine apostles, grant us the aid of thy loving kindness, that according to thy promise thou mayest ever dwell with us on earth and we with thee in heaven, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit thou reignest God for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray for all those who are sick at this time or in any kind of need, especially those who have asked our prayers. We remember Georgina Goff, John Wright, Charlotte Rose Allen, Marcus Allen, Patricia Walker, Christopher Walker, Christine Swinburne, an outcast, a lady in hospital in Germany, Kenneth Robertson, Christine Morrissey, Allegra, and for Caroline, Dominic, and the new baby Samuel Barker, thanks be to God. O Lord our God, accept the fervent prayers of thy people. In the multitude of thy mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to thee for help. For thou art gracious, O lover of souls, and to thee we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost world without end. Amen. Let us pray for the repose of the souls of the faithful departed. Remember Phyllis Warbank, Rafe Goff, Suzanne Fulbrook, Catherine Phillips, Roy Davis, Alan Potts, Peter Sinclair, John Tideman, Patricia Sibley and Sam Ives. Best eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Bring us, O Lord God, at our last awakening into the house and gate of heaven, to enter into that gate and dwell in that house, where there shall be no darkness nor dazzling, but one equal light, no noise nor silence, but one equal music, no fears nor hopes, but one equal possession, no ends nor beginnings, but one equal eternity in the habitations of thy glory and dominion, world without end. Amen. Assist us mercifully, Lord, in these our supplications and prayers, and dispose the way of thy servants towards the attainment of everlasting salvation. 
but among all the changes and chances of this mortal life, they may ever be defended by thy most gracious and ready help through Jesus Christ our Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.
For the past week or so, my social media pages have been filled with pictures of a pair of wounded feet disappearing heavenwards into a cloud. Carved roof bosses, stained glass panels and manuscript illuminations all are featured as friends have celebrated visually the mystery of the ascension of our Lord. In some cases, these departing feet are surrounded by the faces of the apostles, all gazing upwards as their friend, their teacher, their Lord is taken from them. Sometimes Mary, the mother of the Lord, is with the gathering throng, witnessing the final transit of her son. These depictions quaintly follow the biblical evidence. We read in Luke's Gospel that Jesus was parted from the disciples and carried up into heaven. And this is confirmed in the same author's account at the beginning of Acts, which says he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. In a way, I value the naive literalism that inspired these medieval depictions. I see the feet of Jesus rising as if through clouds established by the principalities and powers, the structures and control systems of our world. As the Lord rises up through this rigid captivity of human making, he shatters it, tears it apart. The veil is riven. Others find these images quaint and pre-scientific, relics of an outdated cosmology, heaven up there and hell down below. Away with them, they cry, for they mislead us and cause us to doubt the story. I think it would be a pity if we did discount the event that brings to a close our Lord's earthly ministry through an over-sophisticated rejection of too literal an interpretation of its imagery. It would be a loss because the Ascension story teaches us some important theology. The Ascension of the Lord is a significant feast, somewhat neglected because of our rationalist rejection of the concept of God up there. But just because the iconography is suspect, we should not demythologize too far, nor neglect the celebration. I think the story teaches us three important things about our relationship with Christ. Now, all the best sermons have three points in them, so easy to remember afterwards. The three ascension tide things I would have you remember are explored in the letter to the Hebrews, and in St John's Gospel, even though the evangelist makes no mention of the event itself. The first thing the ascension of Christ teaches us is that he is our great high priest who has passed into the heavens. This comes from Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. He has passed into the heavens ever to make intercession for us. This is what we mean when we sing in Chatterton Dix's great hymn, Thou within the veil has entered, robed in flesh, our great high priest. Our understanding of the atonement is immeasurably enriched when we learn to use the language and concepts of temple theology. In the eternal presence of the Father, it is he who represents us, which when all is said and done, is what a priest is for. As he is no longer physically present with us, as he was with the disciples, limited by the constraints of time and space as he was during his earthly ministry, 
he is set free to be eternally present with us everywhere. He is able to be closer to us than the air we breathe, nearer than our own soul, and at the same time representing us to the Father in heaven. In Eucharistic terms, now he is no longer physically present, walking the roads and pathways of Palestine. He is able to be truly present with us under the sacramental forms of bread and wine whenever we approach the altar and represent to the Father the once-for-all sacrifice of the Son. At this time of deprivation from the sacrament, all this is encapsulated in some words by the Welsh poet Sanders Lewis, translated by Oliver Davis. He writes of the Ascension Liturgy as if performed by nature. What is happening on this May morning on the hillside? See, there the gold of the broom and the laburnum, and the bright surplice of the thorn's shoulder, and the intent emerald of the grass and the still calves. See the candelabra of the chestnut tree alight, the bushes kneel and the mute beech like a nun, the cuckoo's two notes above the bright hush of the stream, and the form of the mist that curls from the censer of the meadows. Come out, you men, from the council houses before the rabbits run. Come with a weasel to see the elevation of the unblemished host from the earth. The father kissed the son in the white dew. Secondly, at Ascension Tide, we are taught that Jesus is our forerunner. This is from Hebrews 6.20 and incidentally, the only use of that word in the whole of the New Testament. The forerunner, the one who goes before us. In the myth of the Ascension, we see in dramatic form God drawing his son to himself and giving him what we ourselves hope to share. Christ, by his Ascension, gives us the sure hope that where he is, we may also be. Raising our fallen humanity into the Godhead, Jesus completes the great cycle he began at his incarnation. God became man, that man might become God. And finally, Ascension Day teaches us that Christ is also our King. This was the central charge repeatedly levelled at Jesus in all the accounts of his trial before Pilate. And in St John's account, Jesus confirms his kingship, but tells us that it is not of this world. To celebrate Christ as king on Ascension Day is at one and the same time to evoke a triumphant coronation after the resurrection and to look back to the crown of thorns and the gibbet throne of which today is the consequence. When I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. St Paul has explored for us this humiliation and exaltation, quoting or maybe writing the memorable hymn in Philippians, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him 
and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, yes, let us be amused, if we want to be, by the disappearing feet and the cloud-wrapped celestial elevator. But as we smile, let us not forget that God has put all things under those feet and given Jesus to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that now filleth all in all. In this great celebration, we have three causes for great rejoicing. Glory be to thee, Christ, our great high priest, our forerunner and our king. Amen. And now the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be upon you and remain with you this day and always. Amen.